Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We are live today. We're on location. We are at Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East, right here in Salt Lake City. Very easy to get to. Basically the corner of 21st South and 7th East. Uh, Roll on by and see us. We're going to be talking about the great deals throughout the show but additional incentives for you to drop by. Carlos and his crew have rolled out the red carpet. They've got pizza. They've got chips, beverages. Come by and uh, have a refreshment. And, of course, we have jazz gear as always. Uh, so come on by and see, and see us. Grab some of that in addition. In addition to that, we have one, two, three pair of jazz tickets uh, to give away. And uh, we'll do it. Uh, we're thinking we'll do it once per hour. So drop on by and enter to win, and uh, we'll pull a name once per hour. And uh, you'll be going to see the Jazz take on the Golden State Warriors uh, coming up next Friday, I believe. So Jazz tickets, come by and enter uh, here at Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. Love it when we have Jazz tickets to give away. So do yourself a favor and drop on by and enter to win. We have a lot to do today. Gordon is not with us. However, he will be on at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We will talk to Gordon Monson. He is traveling uh, to go to the Pac-12 championship game. So we look forward to talking to Gordon at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And admit it, Austin, who's back at our uh, Carrier Studios at Vivint Smart Home Arena, you're you're happy just a little bit that it's going to rain on Gordon the whole time he's going to be there. <laughs> not a little bit. Every time anyone I know goes out of town, I say, hey, hope you have the time of your life, and I hope it rains the whole time. Hope it rains the entire time. Yeah, I'm not wishing financial or physical ruin on anybody. Just, no. you know, just uh, have a, a less good time than you would have otherwise. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. just not not, not perfectly. That's all. Correct. You just yeah. don't want it to go uh, exactly according to plan. I get it. I get it. It's not, you know, entirely devious of you, but it... It's fair. Because, you know, if I went, there'd be like a, an earthquake, a, a hurricane, and a, and a snow cyclone, like all at the same time. So. All at once and all just squarely focused on whatever uh, <laughs> Levi you, Stadium. You like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wherever you happen to be. Um, so anyway, Gordon is traveling, but we will talk to him at the top of the five o'clock hour. And uh, we have a very busy show lined up for you today. We're going to uh, talk to James Cropea. 
coming up at 3.30. He covers the Oregon Ducks. Uh, he's a beat reporter for the Oregonian. He also hosts a radio show in Eugene. So we're going to talk to him coming up at 3.30, get his perspective on what's going on with the Oregon Ducks, a little Pac-12 championship game preview. So make sure and stay tuned for that. Sam Amick is going to join the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. He of The Athletic, always one of our favorites. We'll get his thoughts on, on what's going on with the Utah Jazz. We'll get his thoughts on what's going on with the Western Conference. We certainly saw a Laker team that seems like a bit of a buzzsaw uh, going back-to-back games with Denver and the Jazz and coming away 2-0. and That's not easily done, and uh, the Lakers are playing very well. So we will get his thoughts on what's going on not only with the Utah Jazz, but around the rest of the uh, league as well. Frank Dolce will be on with us at 4.30. You just heard Frank uh, on the Ute preview show with Hanson Scotty. Frank's always terrific and is going to give us his insights uh, at 4.30, so stay tuned for that. Uh, as I mentioned, Gordon will join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, and then at 5.30 we're going to do a bit of a sound segment, as they say in the biz. Joe Ingles was on this morning, and I tweeted out about this today. Joe Ingles was on this morning with DJ and PK. Of course, is he is weekly, um, usually on Thursdays. Uh, but uh, he was great with them. The Joe Ingles Show was absolutely can't miss radio this morning. And I uh, wanted to go through uh, some of those sound clips that uh, what, what Joe had to say. And we'll talk about this coming up in the split story of the day a little bit. I'm getting... Austin, I don't know about you, but my, my buddies that uh, are jazz fans and basketball fans who text me all the time about the team, uh, I, I'm getting flooded with questions. What's going on with the jazz? Everybody wants to know what is going on. They've hit a bit of a rough stretch. And I thought Joe Ingles this morning uh, absolutely told you in so many words exactly what's going on with this team. And uh, it, I think Joe himself is is really taking a leadership role, and that's not uh, that's not breaking any news. And and we'll talk about what he had to say and how uh, he's talked about how the Jazz are handling things. And uh, I thought he was great today. So we'll do a kind of a complete sound segment uh, coming up at five thirty. But we will talk about it a little bit uh, coming up here in the split story of the day as well. There was a Utah BYU basketball game last night that we'll talk about. Austin, I had one of those fun nights in the. Uh, in the studios at Vivint Smart Home Arena for uh, for the Jazz game because um, on, on nights like last night when there are multiple things to watch, uh, I won't go out into the bowl to watch the game. I'll watch. I'll have the Jazz up on one of our screens. If you've ever seen our studios at Vivint Smart Home Arena, we've got on one wall the big screen, on another wall the big screen, and then we've got some chairs sitting there in the lounge that kind of swivel. And last night was one of those nights that's fun where you you swivel to Utah BYU and then you swivel to the Jazz and you swivel back to Utah BYU. It's uh it it it, it was a lot of fun last night. There were a lot of there was a lot of basketball consumed last night cuz the Aggies then came on pretty much right after the Jazz. So la- last night was one of those nights. Yeah, not a not a bad career with a view uh to so to speak, right Jake? You have a uh, you're surrounded by sports on every wall and you're in a swivel chair. Nothing it's better. not the worst thing in the world. No, yeah, it, it honestly is, is not the worst thing in the world. So we do have lots to talk about. We are live from Metro by T-Mobile. Get yourself by here. Uh, grab a, a slice of pizza. Enter to win jazz tickets to go see the jazz take on the Warriors. Grab some jazz gear. Uh, no reason not to. We're right smack dab in the middle of the valley. So easy to get to. Uh, 21st South, 7th East. Uh, if you want to plug it into the GPS, 2120 South. 700 East here at Metro by T-Mobile. All right, Austin, let's get to it. It's time for the split story of the day. 
Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. How much of it is, is mental versus physical? Uh, I mean, probably, I mean, bits and power. I don't know what percentage it is, but definitely a bit of both. I mean, there was times, I mean, everyone knows of a bit of emotion on court, but I think I even got caught showing some bad emotion. You, you get drained by things happening continuously and there were certain parts in the game that we are usually really good at or, or things that we usually do really well that we're, we're just draining because we practice it, we, we do it every day and then for it to still happen. And, and not just last night, it's obviously kind of over that period of, of games that we haven't played to the, to the level that we, we should be playing at. It's draining and you've got to get to the next play as coach would always kind of say is you miss, you miss a shot, turnover, whatever it is we've, we've got to get to the next play and, and focus on that and I think we've we've struggled with that we haven't got to the next play and it's kind of snowballed into three or four, five, six possessions instead of being one and I was getting a great shot or getting a, a stop defensively and trying to kind of fix it and turn it around as soon as possible until uh, instead of it snowballing like it kind of has all right, it's the split story of the day brought to you by our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Uh, last night, the Jazz lost to the Lakers 121-96. to 96, But, of course, this whole stretch, and you heard Joe Ingles on the Joe Ingles show right there refer to it, you know, counting the, the going one on four on the, the five-game road trip, now one and five coming back home uh, to play the Lakers. And, and the big topic is what's going on with this team. And even in the, the postgame, uh, there were comments made last night, I believe it was by Rudy Gobert, who talked about how, you, you know, this is a little bit harder. In fact, it was Rudy who said two, three years ago, that when they'd lose, it, it would feel different because there were the expectations of the team were different, that you kind of, okay, we're learning and, and move on and move on to the next game. Uh, now, with these expectations surrounding this team where in the offseason, you know, the Jazz pushed in the chips. The Jazz took on, you know, close to $70 million uh, of salary to Mike Conley to bring him in here from Memphis. I mean, the, the Jazz made moves. They, they uh, spent assets uh, they moved uh, a lot of pieces around to to identify their weaknesses, and uh, they they spent some capital, so to speak, and bring in ten new faces. And there are things going on with this team. You heard Joe in a different part of the interview where he talked about how you know things that they normally do well aren't going right now. You know, things that they used to be able to lean on, they can't necessarily lean on anymore, and they're not not necessarily going correctly. And I I get the impression. Um, and we'll talk about this uh, at greater detail coming up uh, at 5.30, but I, I get the impression that they have some things internally that they've got to, to deal with as well. And isn't that the case, Austin, in, in our lives when things don't necessarily uh, go according to plan? And look at, look at who I'm telling this to, uh, by the way. <laughs> but when things don't necessarily go according to plan, that's, that's when you kind of have to dig deep. I mean, nobody's in a, in a terrific mood when a – when a, a uh, what a, a backhoe tractor goes through the side of your, your new house you're building, but mm-hmm. how do you you know you learn the most about yourselves with how you handle that and how you deal with uh, that sort of adversity and how you put the pieces back together, right? I mean, we've we've all been through that uh, one way or another in our lives, and now it's up to this jazz team to say, okay, well we got we got some things working against us, you know, 
some communication yeah. isn't going right. We're not playing particularly well. So how do we put the pieces back together and handle it? Well, if I were to give uh, the, the Jazz advice or anyone advice, that, you know, when hypothetically, let's say, uh, a two-by-four goes through your, your kitchen window <laughs> or the neighbor backs all the way across the street down their driveway, up your driveway, into your brand-new garage door, or if the pipes freeze three days after you move in and your tire gets broken, the stud that gets broken off your flat tire, or a backhoe uh, goes through your, your brand-new constructed house. All these hypotheticals. When things don't go your way, my advice is this. Get mad, but stay in control. You can have emotion. It's okay to be a person and react and have an emotional uh, charge going through you in these moments. And you can have anger. You can have sadness. You can have depression. You can be motivated, but stay in control. And right now, it feels like the jazz are teetering on in and out of control. And it was good to hear Joe Ingles this morning talking in the way he was and the guys in the locker room last night, Jake, because I felt like while the game appears to be out of control, it seems like that locker room and the team are still in control of how to try and fix this and address it. There's 60 games still to go, but it is time. And I think they realize that. Well, and I think you could sense that in in Joe Ingles' voice. You know, they – that they've got to to get better and he didn't sound he didn't sound angry I thought this morning but you know he sounded like he wasn't exactly in the most terrific of, terrific of of moods which is probably exactly how they have to approach this but they they have some things now that are are going to turn and go their way a little bit you know the schedule gets 10 times easier over the next couple of weeks i mean they have some uh, a ton of really winnable games so uh, it, you know that uh, combined with some practice time, and we'll get to that here in a second. You know, they they're going to have the opportunity to work on this stuff. I mean, the 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 last thing you want, and by no means do I think this is going to happen, but the the last thing you want is for for it to come off the rails and spin out of control. And so you you need to figure some things out, and you need and it's both. I like what Joe said in that that clip we played coming in. It's both physical and mental. They've got to figure those things out and and to turn it around, as Quinn Snyder teams, by the way, have have done in the past. Now, on the physical side, they have some stuff they they've really got to figure out. That's that's not only on the players; it's on the coaching staff. And Locke dropped some some stats on us uh, last night during crosstalk that were uh, that were really fascinating. And if, if by the way, if you don't catch the radio broadcast, you absolutely absolutely should. But after every game. Uh, whoever my my co-host is, and we, of course we have a, a panel of three great co- co-hosts with Coach Chiesa, Ben Anderson, and Tim Lacombe. We'll talk with Lock and Boone and and kind of hand off the baton, if you will. And it usually produces some some really interesting conversation. I would encourage folks to to give it a listen. But uh, Lock dropped some really interesting stats on us, and I I won't go into the weeds, but basically. He got into the stats of you look at the Jazz starting five and you include Joe Ingles in this conversation. When they're all on the floor uh, together, the, the Jazz offensive re- rating as a team is is very above average from a league standard. But as soon as one of those players is not on the floor and a bench player, not Joe Ingles, is in the lineup, the, the uh, offensive rating of the entire lineup uh, goes down to well, well, well below average. We're talking like fourth, fifth percentile and worse. 
So as soon as one of those, one of your top six are off the floor, the offense just just craters. And that's where we see these big runs where the Jazz are falling behind by, by 20. And in the case of the Toronto Raptors, 40. Is all of a sudden these these bench players or, the, or these bench minutes uh, happen and the Jazz just disappear offensively. And I, I think it's the, the combination of a lot of things, but, but honestly, I think it comes right down to there's nobody on the bench right now who is good enough to demand minutes. And that's another thing I'm still stealing from Locke from a, uh, a crosstalk segment that we had. I, I thought it was a terrific perspective on his part. You know, he's not demanding minutes. Derek Favors... Derek Favors last year, yeah, it, it was a bit of a clunky fit in the in the starting lineup, and we all know that his his primary role was was being a backup to Rudy and your backup center. But Derek Favors was a player that demanded minutes. You had to play that guy. You had to figure out a place to fit him, and even change the way that the the style in which you play because Derek Favors was good enough that that dude had to play. He had to be on the floor. There's nobody in that bench unit right now who's demanding minutes. Uh, you know, if Emmanuel Moutier, uh, Dante Exum is not giving you a ton. Um, Jeff Green, we were talking about it before the show. Jeff Green is is extremely inconsistent. He's he's really hot and cold. And they moved him into the starting lineup last night, tinkering with that against a, a bigger, longer, athletic Laker team. And it, uh, you know, it was a bit of a wash, I would say. Um, you know, not really an impactful roster move. I mean, it's just Quinn Snyder, and, and we heard them him acknowledge this to a certain extent in the postgame, he's got he's to tinker with those lineups. He's got to figure out a way to get the most out of these guys so that they can maximize who they are as a team. And this gets to the practice part uh, that Joe was talking about. Jeff Green talked about it a bunch last night in the postgame. You know, this this team... And I don't mean for this to come off as as an excuse per se, but why these next two days are really important. Because this team hasn't really had a ton of time to practice. Uh, I try to get down to as many practices uh, as I can. And uh, the last one was weeks ago. The, the way the schedule has worked out for the Jazz with the, with the travel, they haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to practice, uh, certainly not when they're on the road and even when they've been at home. It, and if you're trying to adjust things you're trying to experiment put the pieces together all those sorts of things practice is really important really important rudy last night was i i thought uh, i th- i thought he had a hilarious answer because he was asked about if he was looking forward uh to having the opportunity to practice and he said no and and kind of jokingly he said no i'm not looking forward to it but we need it and and they really do uh, they need to get on the practice floor they need to figure some things out and, and while they're practicing i bet there's going to be some you know, communication stuff, all those all those basics. Uh, Austin, I thought Riley Jensen, you guys asked Riley about what's going on with the, the Utah Jazz from a sports psychology standpoint uh, today on your show. And, and I thought uh, I thought Riley gave some really interesting answers. I mean, they're they're really going to have to hash out what's going on. And he, he even referred to uh, some body language that he was looking at not being particularly positive. So, I mean, they've got some stuff they got to work through on that angle. But Riley was great. Yeah, you mean you need to check that out at 1280thezone.com because, of course, we had him on to talk about the big game tomorrow with the Utes and the Ducks, but we took the advantage because in his professional life, he is a sports psychologist. So we right. took advantage and asked him about the Jazz, and he talked about the four stages of teams, forming, storming, norming, performing. 
kind of a cutesy little uh, rhyming thing there, but the important note is sometimes after you form a team, you move into Storm where you b- battle out for roles. Then you move into Norm where it's you get into routine and you look for consistency. But more often than not, you have to then circle back around to Storming and figure out roles differently than was working previously. And I think that's exactly where the Utah Jazz are standing right now. And you mentioned the coaching staff with a lot of work on their hands to figure out how to fix that second unit. I don't know. I don't have any suggestions, and I'm grateful it's not my job, but it is theirs. And they'll figure it out. They'll get it done. They will indeed. Uh, There was some interesting peripheral stuff uh, surrounding the game last night. It did feel bad for Bowler and Harpering, who went went viral. Uh, They were trending at the time that uh, I left after the, the post game. Uh, because they reacted to LeBron uh, and his socks and celebrating out there on the floor. I felt bad for Bowler and Harpering. Uh, you, you know, it is somewhat disrespectful to take off your shoes like that. And a lot of people saying, well, don't get down by 20, and they have a point too. But I did feel bad for our boys. Uh, so there was that going on. And then I heard you and your fury today, Austin, about the LeBron James traveling call oh. that was uh, somehow missed by uh, by all of the referees. Was it missed? There. Do you feel it was missed, or do you feel that it was like, eh, it's LeBron? Oh, I, I honestly, I honestly think it was just totally missed. I, I think all three of those guys uh, were looking at something else. Had their that's, I think that's worse than if they were just like, yeah, it's LeBron. The yeah, fact he, they missed that, they ought to right. be fired. No, it's with cause. It's, it's incompetence. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I, when it comes to a referee, Austin, I, I always side with uh, with one of two things. It's either corruption or incompetence. Uh-huh. Either either they're incompetent or Woody Dixon's on the phone or their their bookie wants them to, <laughs> you know, call it one way. Like that's that's pretty much I I don't know. I think they give I I think they give LeBron plenty. But that last night, I mean, that was just <laughs> uh, I just think everybody was looking at something else, unfortunately. But it was funny. It did make for it, it did make for funny. Uh, uh, internet uh, discussion and our boy Brian Taylor he kind of went viral did you notice that Everybody yeah it was, was his tweet BT's, yeah, yeah. yeah BT's video way to go BT uh, tune in to Real Golf Radio every single Saturday morning here on The Zone alright we're live at Metro by T-Mobile uh, we're going to talk to James Kripea Kripea, excuse me, coming up uh, right around the corner from the Oregonian, as well as uh, sports radio up there in Eugene. We'll get a preview on the Ducks. We are live from Metro by T-Mobile. Come see us, 2120 South, 700 East, right here in Salt Lake. We'll talk more about that coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks. So you got Paul Feinbaum sitting on ESPN saying, let's be honest, the country does not want to see Utah in the college football playoff. Is that just a bunch of noise out there in the media that doesn't matter? Or people think that and he's just the only one willing to say it out loud? People like Paul Feinbaum, who's nothing more to me than an Alabama apologist. He probably has the opinion of a lot of people out there who just don't know Pac-12 football. Well, you're a big dude, Lincoln, obviously. Why don't you get real close to Feinbaum, just kind of stand <laughs> Oh, trust me, I, I've been trying for a while. <laughs> I mean, I, I really wanted to slap that little bald ass head for a while, folks. <laughs> Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Mm-hmm. 
Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone live today from Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East, right here in Salt Lake City. Come by and see us. We still have some jazz gear for you as well as uh, a lot of other stuff, and you can actually enter to win jazz tickets uh, for the game uh, coming up on next Friday against the Golden State Warriors. So drop on by and see us. Let's get out, uh, let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, joining us now, he works for the Ora, Oregon, excuse me, Oregonian covering the Ducks. He also has a show on KORE 1050 in Eugene. He is James Crepia with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. James, good afternoon. Thanks for a few minutes. How are you? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Hey, we we're doing terrific, especially because you know we've got a uh, we've got a title game on the horizon. I think this is a great matchup between two really good teams. Give us kind of the tail of the tape from your perspective. How do you think this game's going to go? Well, I think it's going to definitely be a, a clash and battle of strengths. Which I mean, you would hope the conference title game set up that way. Uh, I mean, it would be really bizarre if we got to this time of year in December and these marquee games and it was suddenly a clash of, you know, one team's great strength against another's great weakness, wouldn't it? Uh, So here you have, obviously, uh, one of the best offensive lines in the country against one of the best defensive lines in the country and a Utah defense that is strong at all three levels that has basically the entire all-Pac-12 first-team defense on its entire defense uh, up against an offense that. It's a top 25 offense. I know Oregon fans right now are unbelievably down on it over the last uh, two weeks, and some of it for good reason, some of it uh, a little bit extreme and flying off the handle. But be that as it may, after two less than stellar performances uh, in a loss at Arizona State and then a mediocre-looking win uh, against Oregon State, this is a matchup where if Utah had to draw up when to get Oregon, Boy, is it getting them at the right time as far as Oregon's offense is concerned. Now, it's defense. Other side of the ball, which I think, if anything, is probably the side that we're all kind of overlooking slightly. And that's a shame because Zach Moss, to me, might be the most underrated running back in the country. Uh, He is not only the fact that he's so far and away the best running back in this conference, he's a terrific player. And Oregon didn't get to see him last year, as we all know, because he was hurt in that game. Didn't get to play in the game. For that matter, Penny Sewell didn't play in the game for Oregon. But yes, it may. Now, this is going to be a great matchup for Oregon's defense, which is number two in the league. I know Utah's is so far and away the best in the league and best in the country. But the other side of it is pretty compelling because that great running back hasn't played a, a defense this good either. So we could say the same thing both ways. Well, Oregon hasn't played you know, a defense as stacked as Utah's, though Auburn's is real, real good and probably has better top-end talent, but not across all three levels. And on the other side, you could say, well, Utah hasn't faced a defense anywhere near as good as Oregon's. So it's going to make for some unbelievably compelling matchups on a field that could be pretty awful uh, if the weather forecast holds true. Uh, James, I want to talk a little bit about Justin Herbert. And uh, when I first heard uh, of him is is a little bit interesting. I was up there in, in Eugene, and I was covering the Utah-Oregon game some years back. It, it was the game Utah won big, but that's not why I bring it up. Uh, I, I was up there covering that game, and when I do, I like to tune into local sports radio, and I, I tuned into 1050. I tuned into you guys up there, and I'm not sure exactly who the who the host was, but there was a bit of a clamoring for the local boy in Justin Herbert, and it was the first time that that name caught my attention. And then from there, he's just turned into this unbelievable story. You know, local guy done good. He's he's uh, you know we know the NFL is coming after him. He comes back for his his senior year, which I I just love the kind of unfinished business angle and. 
Talk, uh, you know, from a macro perspective, talk a little bit about his his journey as a player and then talk about kind of how he's played lately because, as you allude to, I know that's what people are a little worked up about. Sure. Well, certainly uh, in some of his earlier years, I mean, some of it's been well chronicled. Admittedly, I was not here for them. Uh, I only joined the beat last season. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm not knowledgeable about it. Just wasn't I wasn't here chronicling it on the day to day at that time. But clearly, uh, this is a quarterback who came in of go. I mean, go back to even his recruitment, where you go back to the Helfrich era, and for whatever reason, and nobody can really uh, articulate it uh, in, in rational terms. But here you have this quarterback playing less than two miles away, who lives less than two miles away, and fits the pedigree by any measure, even though he's considered like a three star recruit, and Mark Helfrich didn't want to offer him until, you know, basically the very end, <laughs> which is mind-blowing in and of itself. And then for this player, who, like I say, was overlooked by so many, not just here at Oregon, but by so many, to turn into this caliber of a quarterback and a first-round, absolute first-round player, where, yeah, he did pass up on that opportunity to leave last year, and there's a bit of unfinished business, but look, he's had his ups, he's had his downs, he's had terrific road performances, he's had some struggles. That goes for the whole senior class. But he came back to help that entire senior class achieve something that they haven't achieved before, and that was to win a Pac-12 championship and compete for a playoff spot. And here they find themselves in that opportunity where they can at least get the Pac-12 championship. They were in the playoff conversation. And frankly, it was more on the defense why they lost out on that with the ASU loss. But be that as it may, he also struggled a bit in the middle of that game, caught fire late, but it was too little too late. And fans got a little bit antsy, particularly about the offense, not just about Herbert, the offense as a whole in the second and third quarters against ASU. Forgot a little bit that they mounted one heck of a comeback, and if not for the defense allowing 500 yards and a 81-yard touchdown on third and 16, which is basically unheard of uh, at that point, that they would have sort of a pretty good chance of an offensive comeback there late against ASU. But this past week, it's hard to really put into words how much Herbert struggled against Oregon State. And nobody can really totally explain it. I mean, you can come up with a million theories. If you listen to the telecast, I, uh, I apologize for you that you listen to that telecast. But if you listen to that telecast, for whatever reason, uh, you heard all kinds of theories that were borderline deflategate level of uh, air pressure and all kinds of things in the weather and whatnot. Uh, if you could also just say that maybe mentally he treated his last home game in Austin Stadium as bigger than it was. Who knows? At this point, it's over. There was a season low in passing, and some of those throws were just plain bad. And like I say, that's why Utah's defense is getting him at the right time because he is coming off what was a bad performance. And that has Ducks fans upset, not just the, their quarterback, but obviously pointing fingers at the offensive coordinator who's supposed to uh, throw the ball for him. James Crepia with us here on 97.5 and 1280 Zone. He covers the Ducks for the Oregonian uh, as well as 1050 uh, K-O-R-E there in Eugene. So kind of uh, piggybacking off what you were talking about uh, right there. And, of, of course, Oregon, much like Utah, is a team that, that absolutely wants to establish the run and run the ball, and that uh, helps with the other things they do in the passing game. And so with that in mind, Oregon and Utah are both bringing incredible run defenses to the the table top 10 in the country quality uh run defenses to the game so with that in mind who do you think is is more likely to establish that run if maybe if anybody define establish you know established by ordinary standards uh of you know four plus yards per carry staying on schedule getting into second and manageable third and short uh, I'm not sure either one of these offenses turns that out regularly. 
I'm not, uh, to be honest, because I just respect both of these defenses and their run uh, efficiency in particular. Uh, it really is hard to say. I mean, how can you pick against Zach Moss because of what he can do? As I say, I think he's the most underrated running back in the country. And on the other hand, uh, I think C.J. Verdell, if he's able to get through a game healthy, as he was last week, um, but if he's able to do that, he's also one of the more underrated running backs in part because he very rarely gets through a game healthy. Uh, but if, when he does, he's unbelievably effective and runs really, really hard downhill. But can either one of these teams, again, particularly if this weather forecast holds out, guys, I don't see the ball going in the air a whole heck of a lot. And that might help Utah that much further, frankly, because it, it could impact it, what was already a passing game coming off a bad performance. It could further adversely impact the Ducks in that regard. I'm not sure either one of these offenses gets the ground game going really in sync a lot and consistently. And if the weather's bad, maybe you know both defenses overload the box. It's going to be tough. I mean, bottom line, it's going to be tough sledding. This could look downright ugly. This could look – I know Ute fans don't want to hear this, but this could look like last year's Pac-12 championship game stylistically. And Oregon fans don't want to hear it, but I've been saying this could look like the Red Box Bowl, and believe me, nobody wants to hear that. But, you know, the last time both these teams were in Levi Stadium, it was an ugly-looking game, and I think we could be in for another ugly-looking game. <laughs> that was certainly true about the, the Pac-12 title game as well. So, uh, James Carpia with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, uh, James, I get a chance to talk to Mario Cristobal in person just once a year, that meat grinder that we like to call Pac-12 Media Day. And and that day is, as you know, just always filled with good vibes. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody not named Chip Kelly comes off uh, as likable. And I've really enjoyed my interactions with, with Mario Cristobal. And I'm curious from a from a perspective of a guy who interacts with him on a daily basis, what's what's your take on him? Oh, I mean, he's look, he's bringing a different identity and philosophy to this program. And whether I happen to agree with it or not, I do, but that's besides the point. It's not my job to or not. I just happen to understand it because he comes from the SEC, and he comes from a part of the country where, and obviously his own history as an offensive line coach and offensive lineman at Miami back in the day, but coming through both when he was a coach at FIU or assistant at Alabama. And I came out here having covered the SEC uh, and been in that state and know what toughness looks like, know what big winning in the trenches looks like. And he want, in order to not just take Oregon back to being a perennial contender in the Pac-12, but to be nationally relevant, to have those games against Auburn in the opening of this season or Ohio State in home and homes in the next couple of years, Georgia after that, when you're going to take on that kind of caliber competition year in and year out and try and beat a playoff conversation, those are the teams you're going to have to beat. Well, you're not going to do it with a fun and gun, and you're not going to do it being soft. You're not going to do it with flash. You're going to do it with substance. And he's bringing that here, and it's going to take time. And frankly, are they on schedule you know, by the expectations of the season? Absolutely. Uh, but he's also a, you know, a pretty good dude to deal with. Uh, we've had our moments, certainly. Uh, both good and bad, <laughs> but uh, but no, he's he's been pretty pleasurable to deal with on a on a day to day, and uh, like I say, I certainly understand where he's coming from and trying to build this program uh, in all facets on the field currently and recruiting and everything because it's a philosophy that while this fan base is still adjusting to, uh, some of them very much would li- love to wind the clock back 15 years and see the blur offense, but that's dead, uh, and this is going to be a new looking style of offense, and it has been. And I think it's going to continue to be run first, uh, not just on Friday night, but for the foreseeable future. Because when Justin Herbert's gone after this season, uh, Tyler Shuck may be pretty good. We'll see. But I think they're still going to lean pretty heavily on that run game. And that's that's the philosophy that he brings to the table. And like I say, it's different different for here. 
but that's what he brings. And, uh, yeah, it kind of permeates through all facets of the program. He is James Crepia. He makes the magic happen for the Oregonian as well as KORE 1050 in Eugene. James, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, James. Uh, yeah, should I, I think this is actually a really good matchup. Uh, Utah's obviously playing really, really well, and everybody out there wishes uh, Oregon had gotten past Arizona State, and uh, this would be a battle of two one-loss teams, but that uh, just didn't turn out to be the case. And But uh, make no mistake, this is still a really good Oregon team uh, coming into this game that has a really, really good defense, and they have a really great offensive line and they've got a quarterback that has not looked terrific as of late but he's going to be a first rounder in the nfl draft uh for a reason they have capable running backs the the receiving crew is is a little bit banged up but this is a really good oregon team want to remind you about our friends at zero res uh, call Zero Res for a holiday carpet cleaning. Get $33 per room, and your fourth room is free. December only. Happy holidays from your friends at Zero Res. Coming up next, we'll talk a little uh, Utah-BYU basketball. Then we have uh, Sam Amick on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. We are live from Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. Drop on by and see us. Giving away a pair of jazz tickets an hour tonight. So come get your name in the hopper, 2120 South, 700 East, Metro by T-Mobile. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Last night, I show up to the jazz game, and I have had an issue with colors in my life and not being able to always differentiate. I'm not colorblind. We're color deficient. I show up to the game, <laughs> and I have a very nice outfit on. Walk in, I'm looking good, feeling good. And then somebody goes, yeah, why are you wearing that sweater? They were like, you're wearing like a full-on Lakers-colored sweatshirt. You look Laker-ready for tonight. Is that why you did the game topless yesterday, Tony? Uh, for the first time out. Yeah, okay. First time out. <laughs> and then management really frowned on that. That was an awkward moment because none of these other people who are going, what are you doing? They don't know that I don't know. And I don't know that they don't know that I don't know. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We are live from Metro by T-Mobile. And, in fact, we'll talk to Carlos coming up here momentarily, 2120 South, 700 East. We're going to bump back the Mark Pope stuff. We don't have time to get it, give it its just attention. Maybe we'll get to that the Not Sports Report, even though that has something to do with sports. We'll get to that coming up at um, 450. And we'll talk about that game itself because it – it certainly turned into a, a thrilling game full of uh, uh, a moment that would be the lowest of lows followed by a moment that would be the highest of highs for the very same player. And, uh, yeah, it turned into a terrific one up at the Huntsman Center. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Sam Amick joins us next, your NBA Daily Assist at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. But right now, 
My friend Carlos joins us, 2120 South, 700 East, right here in Salt Lake. And, and Carlos, I would imagine that you're very popular because you uh, are giving away phones. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. Uh, as we were talking about, we have free phones for new lines. We have free phones for switchers. Uh, we have deals on other devices like tablets, uh, smart rights for your car. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And our family line, it's five lines for $150, unlimited everything. That's a heck of a deal. Yeah. It is. And it with is. these these free phones, too, we're talking the major brands. You know, we're talking Samsung, and uh, we're talking all the, the best stuff out there. Correct. So we have uh, good devices with 32 gigs in total memory for free, uh, great cameras, great displays, full high-definition displays. Plus, your staff around here, these guys are great. They're, oh, thank they're you. Great with, uh, they're great with us, certainly, but uh, we seem taking care of our listeners. They're terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love our customers. We like to take care of them. Awesome. All right, come by and see us, 2120 South, 700 East. On top of that, Carlos, you've, you've got the pizzas going. We've got snacks. We've got beverages. We've got jazz gear. We're giving away jazz tickets. We just want folks to, to come in and say hello. Yeah, come. It's not raining, so come. We're good to go. 2120 South, 700 East. Uh, Sam Amick joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Police in Missouri said someone took two pies from a store that was accidentally left unlocked while it was closed on Thanksgiving Day. Police came and they found a whole bunch of cash on the counter with a note that read, Happy Thanksgiving. No one was here, but we were in desperate need of pies. So we left this money and we took the pies. Where were you on that night, Hans? <laughs> oh, Hans wouldn't have left money, though. <laughs> Wow. Jeez. Wow, Scotty. What is going on, man? Are you just sitting in your room somewhere in San Jose just porky-pigging it and saying, hey, hell with it. (laughs) If I lose all my friends, I don't care. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.